Hi, welcome to the Prayer House's podcast channel. We're so glad you found us online. In a moment, Anna Jackson's going to be sharing with us about "Come to Me." Those are Jesus's words. This is from one of our Sunday meetings that we have at Holy Trinity School in Weymouth. Holy Trinity School—that's where we meet on Sundays from 10:30 a.m. every Sunday. We're there. So if you've never heard of us, or if you'd like to check it out, that's where we're meeting on Sundays. During the week, however, if you haven't heard yet, we are in Chapel Hay. We're in one of the shops. It's DT Four Eight LL. That's DT Delta Tango Four Eight Lima Lima. That's our postcode for the week.、Uh, we're there at number eight, shop number eight in Chapel Hay. Come say hi. There'll be cakes and coffee ready for you. We'd love to see you there during the week on Sundays. We're at the school, so this is from one of our Sunday meetings. It was a great sermon. Quick disclaimer, however,、um, is the last few minutes of that sermon didn't get recorded on the day. Anna very kindly came into our studios, and she has re-recorded that part. So we hope this is a blessing to you. If you want to get in touch with us or you want to find out more about us, go to prayerhouse.uk. That's our website, prayerhouse.uk, or you can also email connect at prayerhouse.uk. And send us a quick message as well. That's connect at prayerhouse. uk. Here we go. <clears throat>、uh, for those of you who don't know, Anna has been a member of the church for twenty years. Thank you. I reckon it's more than that.、Um, often Anna does the Sunday school, so you might not necessarily know her, but she's a faithful servant to Sunday school. She's done it almost every Sunday for the last twenty years. Um, <laughs> she's also a fellow trustee and gets involved with things like policy documents, and so she loves she loves detail.、Um, I also am informed that she's very good at running a Havram group, and the girls that do that enjoy it. So she's got depth there in kind of drawing things out from the Bible. So we. Welcome you, Anna, to preach to us and say, Jesus, we thank you for Anna. Thank you for all that she's given out to this church already, Lord God. But we are also excited to hear what she wants to share with us now from your word. So we just say, Anna, you have permission to speak to us. Let the words of Jesus come through Anna to us today. Amen. Amen. Do you want that on the stand or? I don't want it at all. It's being recorded. I know.、Um, so, hello, everybody.、Um, I am a teacher, so this is going to be a bit teachery. So, if you don't like that, I'm sorry.、Um, so, I have a handout for people who like. Well, for people who can't see that very well, or people who like doodling or writing notes. There's not loads. If you don't want one, don't take one. There isn't loads.、Um, so. If you want to make something origami out of it, then go for it. Yeah, draw some nice pictures. It's all good. So、um, this is what we're talking about today.、Um, come to me. So I'm going to start by praying because I need to. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for what you've given me to say today. And I just pray in Jesus' name that the things that I say are the things that you want me to say, whether they are what I have prepared or not, Lord. And please soften our hearts and help us to have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, Amen. 
So there we go. So Dottie's already given me a marvellous introduction. I came here 20 years ago with Tim Upton. We've just finished our teacher training. So that was lots of fun. Um, the summer before that, the year before that, I um, came to a point in my life where I re came back to following Jesus. So I've basically grown up here as a Christian. So I had that one year in Exmouth, um, which was a steep learning curve, and then I've grown up here really as a Christian. So about three years ago nearly, um, Kira, as Dottie's mentioned, um, said that she was gonna be starting Havreen groups, which were Bible study groups, and I was like, yes, I'm ready for that, that's good. So all of this basically to say that that was really transformative for me in understanding this beautiful book and what is in it and hearing God through it. So this is coming out of that. So for the people that have already heard some of this, I apologize. Um, so that is all of that. So we've been looking at Matthew, so we are in Matthew 11 today. Um, so, yes, next page. So this is a bit of context. Um, Jesus has just done a really intense speech about how um, he's done all these amazing miracles in all of these local cities. And even though he's done all these amazing miracles in the local cities, there are still people who have not repented and they haven't believed, even though they've seen all these amazing things. So this is what comes next. Um, uh, Jesus then praise out loud for everybody to hear. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for the, this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son determines to reveal him. Which is another one of those sentences that like, whoop, goes around in circles a little bit. But basically, he is saying that all these people who think they're really big and clever, the Pharisees and all that, they have not got it. They've seen this stuff, but it hasn't been revealed to them. Whereas the people who are simple, not just literally infants, but people who are simple, God has chosen, the Father has chosen to reveal this to them, to kind of lift the veil and let them see what the truth is. And um, he is also saying that he is the one, the Son chooses who he is going to reveal the Father to. So that is one thing that Jesus is doing. And it's it links really strongly to um, John 14, verse 6, which when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is saying that he's going to reveal something. So that's what we're going to next, which is the main part of what I'm saying. Which is the next one, please. Okay, so I need to turn my page on. Well, that would help me. Um, so this is, these are the few verses that we're really going to be looking at today. So, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. And that's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. So I am going to go through it bit by bit and just kind of bring out some more from in, in it, what it means, and then share some 
of my reflections and contemplations and how it links to other bits in the Bible. Okay, so next one. So start with, come to me all who are weary and burdened. I also like colors, if you hadn't noticed, I like colors. Um, and I will give you rest. So weary, the word weary here just means, it's not just, oh, I'm a bit tired, I haven't had a good night's sleep. It means to work with effort or to work until you are worn out. So exhausted from the work. And burdened is, it is what it means. It's like you're weighed down with a heavy weight. So it like links to like a pack animal being sort of laden up with loads and loads of things and then having to carry all of those. So it's, um, it's very much about work and how work can be heavy. And um, I think obviously Jesus was speaking 2,000 years ago and the, at that point the um, Romans were making their life really difficult, really challenging. So they were finding, and oh, you know, there'll be day-to-day -day things obviously that are also challenging, but they were feeling weary and they were feeling burdened. And although those things aren't true for us, there is a lot going on here and now in this day and age that is exhausting. It, the work is hard. Like we'll, you switch on the news or open a newspaper, go on social media and everything seems heavy. Everything seems hard work. There's the education system is broken. The NHS is broken. Like literally everywhere you look, if you look on any, anybody who is trying to tell us anything about anything is telling us everything's broken, everything's, it's just really, it's all hard, everything's really hard, there's loads of people who are ill, there's just so much going on, it's a hard slog, life is really tough. So this is, for me anyway, a message that I need to hear. You know, Jesus is speaking to us now, 2,000 years later, as much as he was speaking to them. So, the word rest. I think of the word rest and I think, amazing, holiday, let's have a little chill on the beach, get rid of all of this hard stuff, I don't really like it, and let's just have a nice time, thank you very much Jesus, but the word doesn't mean that, sorry. Um, so the word means to have a break from labor, as in hard work, it's a pause, and in that pause, to be refreshed from the hard work. That is not saying, that the hard work is not gonna be there on the other side. That is saying you can pause in the middle of it and be refreshed. So that is why the next sentence makes more sense when you read it. So take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So what I wanted was a holiday and what Jesus is offering is a yoke. And that is not something that you use unless you're about to do a lot of hard work. You don't put a yoke on animals if they're just gonna be grazing in a field. You put a yoke on if you are about to do something heavy, some hard work that needs at least two animals to be doing it together. So, um, I mean, most of you probably know what a yoke is. It's a big, heavy wooden thing that attaches two animals together. It means that they have to work together. They have to go in the same direction. I mean, we've probably all heard that message a million times, but say again. Um, and it involves moving forwards. 
You want the animals who are yoked to be moving forward. You don't want them stood still, because then it's just weighing them down and there's no good purpose. So they're not sitting, they're not standing, they're moving forwards. Um, and you'll notice in this translation that the you will find rest for your souls is in capitals. That's because it's quoting, Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament, which is Jeremiah 6, verse 16. So we go to that, see what that, why is he quoting from that? I need to turn my own page to you. Okay, so this is Jeremiah 6.16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. So just for context, if you don't know Jeremiah, people generally said, they didn't want to do anything that he said. So he would tell them these messages from God and they would all be like, no, I don't like it. I'm not gonna do it. And so he'd tell them again, it's all gonna be really bad unless you do what I say and they're like, no. So there are a few action words that kind of jump out. So he's saying, stand by the roads. So like slow down and stop and just have a look at where you are. You're at a crossroads, you need to make a choice. So just stand and then look, have a look down these paths, see what is ahead. And then ask, ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. So at this point in history that Jeremiah is speaking, the um, nation of Israel had a really amazing few sections where they were doing really well. They were walking the way God wanted them to walk. They were doing what he wanted. But for the people in the time that Jeremiah was speaking, they weren't doing it. So they needed to go back and look at the way it had done, been done before, the ancient path. But for us, we know Jesus. So we can ask him, what is the right way to go? Where should we go? Which is the good way? Which is the ancient path? But then the key is that walking. You have to walk in it. You might know that's the right path that I should do, but if you don't walk in it, then you're not going to get to where you need to get to. So we have to move forward, and we can't just stand there looking. So this, again, is, it reminds me of the verse in John 14, verse 6, that I said earlier. I am the way. Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except, no one comes to the Father except through me. And this, the same word is used in the Greek translation of this verse in Jeremiah for way, as it is in this John 14, I am the way. It's the same word in the Greek. Okay, so next one is come to me. This is his, like if you want to break down the message into its simplest form, this is it. This is what Jesus is saying. And it's not like, come over here when you feel like it. Come, let's just like have a little chill, sit down. The word come is, it should basically have an exclamation mark at the end of come. It means come now. Jesus is saying, come now. If you're very feeling weary and heavy laden, you need to come now. Come to me now. So this word is used in Matthew 4, verse 19, when Jesus is talking to the fishermen, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So in this verse, it's translated follow. It's the same word, come. And um, when Jesus um, has risen, and he's sitting on the beach, and the disciples are out in their boats. In John 21, verse 12, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of this 
Now, none of his disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. So he's not like, oh, come when you feel like. He's like, come now. Come now and have breakfast with me. I want you to have breakfast with me now. So when I was thinking about this, the thing that I was most reflecting on was when I am feeling exhausted, when life is feeling heavy, do I always come to Jesus first? And the answer realistically is no. So then I was thinking, well, what, what do I usually do? And I'm sure the rest of you all do go straight to Jesus. But some of the things that I do are to like try and kind of block it out. So I might like, oh, I'm really exhausted. I'm just going to watch the telly. I just don't want to think about it. I'm going to have a glass of wine and chat to some friends or just watch loads and loads of telly. And then I'll forget about it and it will all be fine. Um, or t talking to loads of people, like, what can we do about this? What should we do? Like, you know, talking around in circles. Or also, I'm very much a person who likes to find a solution. And I am quite good at finding solutions, but they're not always going to be Jesus' solutions. But I can spend hours trying to find solutions. So those are some of the things that I do instead of coming to Jesus. But Jesus offering a better option. He's saying come to me now, come to me first and bring it to me and I will, I will show you what you need to know. And I am not saying that watching television or talking to people or any of those other things is a bad thing, but Jesus is offering a better way. If we come to him first, then we can do those things after us. We are meant to use our brains, we are meant to find solutions but they're gonna be our earthly solutions if we haven't come to him first. They're not gonna be as good as the ones that he will bring to us, which leads us straight on to the next part, where he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. So whilst Jesus was alive and doing his ministry, there were just loads of things that he was teaching people. He was teaching from the way he lived life. He was teaching from the things he did. He was teaching from the lessons that he taught. So he was um, showing that he has access to the heavenly realm. He has access to healing. He is showing about living a different heavenly kingdom kind of way where you love people and you serve people, which is so opposite of what the world was like then and now um, he was showing people how you know you need to really have the scripture right deep down inside of you so that when you come up against opposition it just comes straight out of you and he was showing people about spending time with the father alone he would go off and be quiet and um and just spend time with the father and do what the father wanted you know he said your will and not my will um, and he showed his gentleness and his humbleness in heart by how he behaved. So the word gentle can also be translated meek. Um, so you've got in Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Um, and humble is about um, relying on God rather than relying on yourself. So he is saying come to me and I will teach you how to rely on God. I will teach you that his way is better and that um, we do things a different way and it's a better way. Um, yeah, next one. Um, so his different way. 
so Jesus says, my beautiful color-coordinated slide, um, if you feel burdened, then Jesus' burden isn't heavy, but it's light. So you might feel burdened, but come to me, because my burden is light. Um, take my yoke, but it's not going to be a horrible, oppressive yoke. It's a comfortable yoke, and that is a really different way of approaching things. I've been talking for ages, so I'm just going to do a quick object lesson, just to, you know, liven things up for my husband needs an object lesson. So, Forchy, <laughs> can you lift up that bag for me? This is a heavy burden. Hold it out in front of you. Right, how, how long do you reckon that that is going to be comfortable for? Okay, yeah. Would anybody like to lend Forchy their shoulder? Claudio, you look like you want to. Yeah, just your shoulder. Can you lend him your shoulder? How about that? Could we hold that for a while? Claudio, is that difficult for you, having that there? No? See? There you go. Well done. So we do live with burdens, and life is difficult, and it is challenging. And sometimes there is a quick solution. Sometimes these things are you know, you pray for healing and somebody is healed and that is the solution and the problem is gone and it's amazing. But sometimes life is challenging and exhausting and heavy, but it's something that is going to be going on and on and on. You know, raising children is not easy. It is not something that you can just be like, oh, well, I don't really like it anymore. <laughs> Anybody else? So, you know, it's going to keep going. You've got to keep going and it's, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be joyful times. There's going to be times that are easy. But there's also, it, it might be a slog. It might be difficult. And it might be difficult for a long time. If you're caring for family members, if you're caring for a partner who's unwell or you're concerned about, or there's a million things that are going on that are heavy and exhausting. And they don't necessarily go away. So Jesus is also saying, I've... I can show you a way that you can keep going in these heavy things and I will make it less heavy. I will make your burden light and it will be more comfortable. It won't stop being challenging. It won't stop being work. You can't just stop, but I can show you a better way. And he has access to the heavenly resources and the heavenly way of doing things. So sometimes we just need to see his perspective on the situation. Or sometimes we need solutions to the problems, and he has them. So, um, I, as I have been doing more Bible studying, have found that pretty much everything that I ever do ends up either leading back to the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 23. So we're going with Psalm 23 today because it's beautiful. So I, this is the NIV version, which is so lovely. So the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. So you've got rest, you've got refreshing, you've got the right paths. But it's the next bit that I would like to really get to. So, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I was... um, about a year ago, praying for a very dear friend who was going through a time that was really heavy and really challenging. And as I was praying, I just had these first, this first, first, the first verse here just came into my mind, even though I walked through the darkest valley. But the thing that had, that sort of stuck out to me that hadn't previously was this idea of walking through. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, you're not sitting in it. This isn't how it's going to be for absolutely ever. You are walking through. And even if you can only manage one step today through this dark valley, that is a step closer to coming out into the lighter place. So it is hard and it is dark, but you're moving forward. And that is what Jesus is saying, that he is with us. We don't need to be afraid because we're walking alongside him. If we're sharing his yoke, we're walking beside him and he's showing us the good way and he's helping us take whatever number of steps that we can take and moving us forward. And the beautiful thing is we've got this intimacy in the dark place, but then we come out of that and what is waiting? He's prepared a table for us. He's anointing our head with oil. He, our cup is being overflowed by him and we are getting to a place where we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever I think that is just such a beautiful picture of the intimacy that he wants that he's taking us to so we go through this dark time with him but we also are moving out into another beautiful time of intimacy next one thank you so I really like this picture this is Mary And Mary really knew how to come to Jesus and learn from Jesus. And I just love that expression on her face, that she's just there listening. So in Luke chapter 10, we see her for the first time in verses 38 to 42. And it says that Mary um, sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. She was there, she was coming to Jesus, and she was learning from him. And obviously her sister gets really annoyed, and I uh, am quite like Martha. And it's like, why are you not helping me? Just come and help. It's not fair. Jesus, tell her that she needs to help me. Um, But Jesus says, um, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. And so as I was reflecting on this, I was thinking, yes, you know, when we're weary and burdened, we are often anxious and troubled. But Mary has made the right choice. And actually, that is the time that we need to come to Jesus more. We need to spend more time at his feet, listening to him and being with him when we are anxious and troubled, because that's where we get the solutions that we need. And she has chosen the good portion. So the next time that we see Mary is in John 11, and um, her brother has been very, very ill, and then he dies. Um, And Jesus has been slow and steady to get there because he knew what was coming. Um, And then Martha's gone out to see him, Martha's spoken to him, and then she comes back, and in verse 28 it says, 
Um, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. So Jesus is making the same invitation to Mary as he is when he's telling us to come to him. He is saying, Mary, come to me. And she rose quickly and went to him. That is what Jesus wants us to do. Do we rise quickly and go to him? And Mary must have been confused and heartbroken. She knew that Jesus could have healed her brother, but he didn't come quickly enough. And then she comes running to him. So in verses 32 to 35, she comes to him and she, we see her again at his feet. But this time she's weeping because she doesn't understand and she's sad and her brother's died. And she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So this time he does have a solution and it's amazing. It's the most miraculous solution. And the situation is resolved. So sometimes when we come to him, there is a solution. Sometimes there is a miraculous resolution. And if he had been there sooner, it wouldn't have been so miraculous. So sometimes we don't understand the dark time, but there is a solution. And when we look back, it's more miraculous because of it. Okay, so um, for me, um, a few weeks ago, or recently um there's been an awful lot of different things that have been going on that have been challenging and heavy i'm a school governor and we had a really bad ofsted report about a year ago so that's been really challenging um and more recently there's been um things where we found out that people have had really serious diagnoses of various things um and just so many different things and it all seems to be coming at the same time um and so at the end of March um there were just was so many different things um and there was an issue with one of the children and um everything just suddenly felt really heavy and sad and um it kind of was just weighing more heavily than it had been so um I went to the well, which Forchy was hosting brilliantly, um, and I'd had this verse on my mind since the end of February. So I was thinking, you know, I need to come to Jesus. I need to bring this to him. This is really heavy. I'm feeling really sad. Um, I can't fix any of these problems by myself or even necessarily at all, but I know that I need to bring it to Jesus because... Um, I just need him to kind of take the weight of it a bit more than he is at the moment. Um, so whilst we were worshipping um, and praying at the well, um, I was just feeling really, really sad about all these various different things that were happening. And I had a picture of like a broken down city that um, it was kind of like big, solid blocks of stone type buildings and nothing was higher than about a foot there was kind of broken bits everywhere there was nowhere hab habitable in sight and it just felt I just really felt like at the moment I feel like I'm walking through broken broken walls of the city I feel like I'm walking through this broken city and I just had this sort of real sadness about it 
But as we were worshipping and praying and everything um, during that time, I just um, handed it to Jesus and was like, I just can't, I can't do anything about this. Please, can you help me? Please, I'm coming to you. And by the end of that um, session, I felt refreshed. I felt peace and it didn't feel like it was weighing so heavy. Um, and none of the problems had gone away and nothing had changed, obviously, in the amount, that amount of time. But I felt so much less heavy and refreshed, which was amazing. Um, and actually, at the end of the well, um, fortunately read from the beginning of Isaiah 61, which um, then fed into what happened in the next couple of days. So um, the next day... Um, things got even worse. Noth- nothing had improved and actually things did get worse. So um, I was listening to the Bible Project who um, did a series of podcasts about the royal priesthood and they were speaking about Isaiah 61. I was like, oh, what you read that yesterday. Um, and as I was listening, it got on to the next section about the um, rebuilding and so this is what jumped off the page of me when I went back and reread it again. So the cloak of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. So that is what I'd felt at the well, that I'd brought it to Jesus and I'd been worshipping and instead of being disheartened, I had this cloak of praise. And then the um, then they will rebuild the ancient ruins and they will repair the ruined cities. And as I was reading this, I mean, I've read it a million times. It's not like I don't know this passage. But as I read it, I just felt this massive sense of hope rising up in me that, oh, God, you've got a plan. You don't want it to stay completely broken forever. You want to actually rebuild. And you want me to be part of that process. Like, I can do that, you know. So nothing had changed again nothing had got better but my perspective had changed and coming to Jesus had given me hope and there's obviously still tons of work that needs to be done in loads of areas there's still lots to do rebuilding a city is not an easy job Um, but I was refreshed I learned from Jesus and he'd given me hope that there was a plan and there was there was a purpose and there was something that we could do about it and my perspective was changed and as I'm walking with him through this I'll keep needing to come to him when I'm feeling weary and burdened because I will do and I'll need to keep being refreshed to carry on the heavy work and I'll keep needing to find hope from him because things don't always get better straight away you know, it's challenging time. So this is the last bit. Um, Jesus is giving us an invitation. He is saying, come to me, learn from me, walk with me. I will give you rest. I will show you a different way. I will help you keep going as you face the difficult, exhausting, heavy things of life. Um, And then there's another word that I haven't really focused on but is so crucial and that is all come to me all who are weary and burdened and 
it, he's not just saying, come to me if you already know me or come to me if you have been really good or whatever else. He's saying to absolutely everybody, come to me. If you have never come to him before, the invitation is there from him. He wants you to come. He wants you to follow him. And he wants you to learn from him and be his disciple. And then the other side of it is about coming now, coming first. Don't block it out. Don't block out the exhaustion and the heaviness. Uh, don't go to others first or try and figure it out yourself. Come to him first. Um, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So um, in a minute, we're just going to put on a song that's been really speaking to me through this time that I felt really um kind of echoes this sort of idea um and um so whilst we're listening to it there's a few um different things so if you want to take up his invitation for the first time to come to him and be his disciple and learn from him and submit to his yoke now is the time to do it you can do it now or you can come and find one of us to pray with you um if you're feeling weary and burdened or if there's a situation at the moment that you feel like you need to learn from him what to do or ask for a heavenly solution. Or if you need to, him to give you his perspective, um, just take a minute to accept his invitation and come to him. He's there and he's wanting you to come and ready to meet you. Oh, she is. 
nothing to fear Oh, there's nothing to fear Yeah, there's nothing to fear Turn your eyes to Jesus There's nothing to fear Lay down in the green, green I will restore your soul Lay down where the still waters flow Lay down in the green, green pasture I will restore your soul Lay down where the still waters flow Lay down in the green, green pasture I will restore your soul Lay down where the still waters flow Just lay down in the green, green pasture I will restore your soul Lay down where the still waters flow nothing to fear wherever you go oh, I will be there when all you see is arrows I'll be your shield yes I will be with you oh there's nothing to fear oh nothing to fear When you're walking through the midnight hour Darkness all around you I'm right there where you are Even if you don't see Even if you can't feel it I am Cast your burdens on to me Cast your cares on to me Because I care for you Everything 